Hello, hello. Welcome back to Go From Here. This is Belle. I feel like sometimes I don't need to introduce myself, but at the same time, I'm like, I have new listeners every day, so I should probably introduce myself because not everyone knows who I am. And then just to intro it with Go From Here and then not say who I am might be a little odd. I'm just like, the listeners that listen to my podcast every time. Do you guys get sick of me introducing myself? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, it was a weird thought I had this morning. She's driving me nuts this morning. She's driving me crazy. And I am remembering one of the rules in Jordan Peterson's book where he says not to like to make sure that your kids don't do anything that makes you hate them. And... Having Echo and Hayes is, is kind of, I mean, there are fur babies. There are fur babies. And she is a completely different beast <laughs> to Hayes. Hayes was the perfect first fur baby. And, you know, we had one night with him screaming bloody murder all night long because he had separation anxieties. And then we decided never to do that again to his poor little soul. Um, and one night where he peed on the bed. And then we took him to the vet and she told us to try and keep him out of the room. And we didn't do that because I asked Chris, well, I begged basically because Chris was like, this is the only way we have to do it. And I could not, I could not keep him out of the room. And I said, give him the one night. If he doesn't pee the one night, we're good. We, we, we never have to worry to begin. And he never did. So, and he has yet to do that. I think he's only ever done it maybe once or twice in the year and some now that he's been with us because, you know, he's excited and he's a cat. Every time I snap in this podcast, note. So, Echo's driving me nuts this morning. I'm trying to not have her do anything that'll make me hate her. So I've been putting her in the crate whenever she drives me nuts, so she just kind of like relaxes and chills and then I let her out when she's not you know up the wall crazy um this episode is a little bit interesting because my homework this week is still meditation I told my therapist well she knew but she let me tell her that I completely failed last week and that the only time I actually had I had was uh was not I had I had time I just didn't do it I did it for three minutes and I didn't really pay attention to it so she was like okay so next week this week try it again try it again every day try really hard and she even made a small jab at me which I thought was funny because she's my therapist and uh that's just how well she knows me she knows that I can take jabs um so I'm trying that out again I started this week on Sunday actually with meditation which was like a 20 minute too long meditation for my brain oh my god i'm so sad that i have to say it like that but it 20 minutes was extremely long for me um my brain cut out at like 15 which was pretty impressive for myself um but i did notice that i was like checking the time on my phone for the time uh clock on headspace this is not an ad for headspace but it's a beautiful app and i love it um but yeah, could not do 20 minutes. And today, Echo driving me up the wall is making me want to meditate, so that's a good sign. Um, 
But that actually, my homework is not what I wanted to talk about this week because I have been getting a lot of interesting questions about sex on IG. And they've all been really, like, you guys have been really just, like, curious about a lot of stuff, um, which I thought was really interesting. I am going to be as explicit as possible because you guys were very curious about a lot of things and I don't want to have to censor myself because of the maybe innocent listeners that I have. Um, so this is a fair warning now that this episode is going to be about sex and I'm going to be saying things that maybe some people are uncomfortable with or don't want to listen to. So maybe just don't listen to the rest of this episode. I won't, my feelings won't get hurt. But yeah, so I'll put it on the description that there's a warning. Um, I will try and cover all the questions that I had gotten. Um, <laughs> I can feel myself like feeling flushed, like I'm embarrassed to be talking about this, but I think it's just part of like the culture and the environment that I've adapted to where I like, I don't really talk about sex. And if I do a lot of the people, not even a lot of the people, some very small circle of the people in my life are uh, not the most susceptive to, um, is that the right word? to like anything sexual so I definitely try and keep myself a little bit less there but when I do have the people who are super comfortable with it oh we have a good old time we have a good old time talking about all the things um and all the things are very fun to talk about guys I mean okay so let's start off first one of the questions that came up for me was um because I had mentioned how uh, Christopher is uncomfortable to the skies about talking about sex and anything that involves like porn or um, like anything really. Uh, and I've needed to adapt how I speak to him specifically because of the people in my life. Like I said, I have very few people who are not uncomfortable or sorry, yeah, who are not uncomfortable talking about this kind of stuff. Um, so that's how I grew up with like my girlfriends, my best friends who are dudes, um, would talk about it and ask about like my sex life and stuff like that. So he was one of the first people that I actually had to adapt with. So a lot of people were like, well, how did you handle that when you are very sex positive? And to be perfectly honest with you guys, it was a little strange. Um, it was definitely a challenge for me to understand, uh, just because I didn't I didn't. I, I don't, I couldn't grasp it. And then, you know, within our relationship and therapy, and then like most recently reading The Body Keeps Score about trauma and other things that affect conversations that I may find completely innocent and other people not find completely innocent. Um, I've come to learn a lot more compassion and grace towards conversations like sex where I need, I don't censor myself, mind you, I will never, ever, ever do something that I don't want to do just because someone else's feelings need to be understood. Um, I will 
validate and acknowledge their feelings, but I also need to validate and acknowledge how I feel. Um, if I say penis or vagina in a conversation and it makes Christopher uncomfortable, then I <laughs> still say it, but I say everything else in a very um, like adapted way. So he doesn't find any of the terms just like, please stop talking about penis and vagina. And mind you, he's not, he's not uncomfortable about those terms. It's just other things. Um, so in that way, I've, I've, you know, I either have chosen to radically accept that I don't talk about certain things with him about sex. Um, and I let him, I create a space where I'm hoping it's safe enough for him to feel comfortable to talk about sex and porn and and watching sex scenes with movies and whatever else. Um, and if, you know, that space isn't safe for him, then fine. I've also learned, I'm also working on this week um, with my therapist is that radical acceptance does not mean that I can, <laughs> that I have to radically accept something I don't like. So that was one of the things for me is that I don't, I thought that it was extremely difficult for me to radically accept something I didn't like um, and made me feel like someone in my life was completely disgusting. Um, and it wasn't like the act that they did. It was more that they couldn't talk about it. And I'm such a big communicator, as you guys already know about everything. So when something was being kept from me um, out of like their own trauma and their own uncomfortability, it just, it, there were the, 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 the idea that they thought that it was something they couldn't talk about with me is the part that made me feel and look at them like they were disgusting. And it was unfortunate because I was telling my therapist that the act itself was a very completely normal thing. But you know, for me, I used to share that act with my significant others and like people around me. And like, I just said it on the podcast. So it's one of those things where it's just like, you know what? I don't like radically accepting this because it makes me look at them like they're a disgusting human being for not sharing. Um, so my therapist said that I don't have to. I don't have to radically accept what part of what they do I don't like. But I do have to radically accept everything that I can control, which is my response and me <laughs> possibly not seeing them in a very disgusting way. So I'm working on that. Um, and that's part of the radical, I mean, that's my segue into radical acceptance is because that's part of, um, I think, how I've learned to have conversations that are uncomfortable for Christopher is that I've accepted that they're just uncomfortable for him specifically. I don't umbrella it. I don't overgeneralize it. I don't compare it to anybody else in my life. It's just for him. And that's what it is, right? So if you guys are having trouble having conversations with anyone important in your life about sex in particular, um, I think it's something that you guys either have to learn to accept that they're uncomfortable with it and then find new ways to communicate it or um, move on. <laughs> because if it's a really important thing to you guys and you can't communicate something that's important to you, then there's really, 
in my opinion, there's a very hard place to stay in when you can't communicate something that's important to you. Um, because that's always going to be something that's on your mind, even though you don't want it to be. And at the end of the day, something that's on your mind all the time that you want to make you happy, and it doesn't because of your partner or someone important to you in your life, I mean, it's not really worth it, right? I'm sorry, the heater just came on. It's kind of loud, if, it, if you guys can hear it. Um, so that was one of the questions. Another one of the questions was, um, if you... You know, I'm going to have a lot of trouble talking about this for whatever reason, even though I don't have to. I feel like talking to complete strangers makes it a little bit more uncomfortable, even though you guys aren't strangers. You guys are my community that I treasure on my podcast. But, you know, I don't see your faces. I don't know who you guys are personally. So it's like I'm talking to someone that I just met about sex and like sexual things. Um, And it's making me uncomfortable a little bit. It's odd. It's just a little strange. So one of the other questions was um, around not having as much sex and how I felt about vibrators and like self-pleasure and other things like that. And I can't speak on behalf of guys, obviously, because I don't know like what that process is for you guys or what whatever. Um, but I was watching... Um, Jordan Peterson's podcast earlier, which was funny because it came up on his Telegram, and it was watch. It was about watching porn, and the guest that he had on actually mentioned how, you know, just watching porn for either of the partners what was a higher chance of divorce in marriages, and I thought it was interesting because I think porn, in some cases can make the relationship exciting sexually um, if you guys are both open to it like sharing what you watch or you know share or watching it together you know sometimes that works um, but I the one part about porn that I don't disagree with and I do agree with with the, the guest that Jordan Peterson had on his podcast was that he mentioned that um, it's almost like having multiple partners that you're attracted to at the same time. So you're like having your cake and eating it too in that sense. Um, And that's the part where I agree because I think, like I said, porn is such a cool way to explore, right? And it's it's an easy way to self-pleasure. And at the same time, you don't necessarily need to watch porn to self-pleasure. Like girls have vibrators like up the wazoo, right? And then guys do their thing. And, you know, a lot of the time you don't have to look at somebody else to do those actions. Um, And I can see why Jordan Peterson's guest was saying that because of the idea that um, some marriages that just like lack sexual intimacy start to deteriorate in terms of like distance and they start to you know, don't, they don't feel the same closeness anymore because like I said in previous episodes of this podcast, sex is important, guys. Being intimate is important um, because there's a, there's a different type of connection, right? Like, I mean, I get it. Some people just fuck to fuck. I get that. But at the same time, 
like you can never get away from the emotional connection when that happens, right? There's always someone who's going to fall in love with someone else because of the sexual connection. So the lack of sexual connection is kind of the same pathway. Lack of sexual connection means lack of intimacy and lack of closeness and lack of, you know, or I mean, increase of distance in the relationship, if anything. Um, so when I was listening to the podcast, I thought it was fitting for this episode because I would like to say that go for it. If you want to watch porn, watch porn. You know, if you're single, that's all you do, fucking do it, right? But you know, there's also <laughs> there's also an extent where there have been studies about watching too much porn makes you expect like such an extreme extreme image of what sex is actually like so when you have sex with an actual person um you don't you don't (laughs) conclude i don't know what the word is but you don't get to the results that you want because everything you've seen in porn is what you're expecting and now your body is expecting that to be where you climax and like how enjoyable it is so it's kind of sad that way if you watch too much porn. I get it, you're single, there's no people out there, you don't want to be like, whatever. Or maybe you do, I don't know. But if you watch too much of it, that's the study, right? Um, and you watch too much of it in a relationship, like I just said. One person in that relationship, or I mean, if you're both watching too much of it, then you'll both, I mean, you might not notice it right away, but someone is going to notice it at some point that you guys aren't as close as you were before in the relationship. And for some people, not having sex might work. You know, I'm just gonna say that right now. Not having sex ever might work. You might just have a different type of intimacy. You might just have a different type of love um, that doesn't need sex. I get that, right? I'm not one of those people. Not one of those people. Um, So, I'm definitely one of those people who will advocate for sex because I, it's a different type of intimacy for me. It's a different type of connection. And, um, you know, vibrate, vibrators will never take the place of sex for me. I mean, mine is amazing, um, but it won't take it for me, right? And I, the, the questions of, you know, would you ever use a vibrator? Like, would do you think a vibrator would ever really replace sex? No. Um, am I ever afraid that porn will replace sex? Yes. Um, and do I, like, hard disagree on people watching porn? No. Like I just said, no. Too much of it? Yes. Um, but when you use it to explore together or when you use it for inspiration, or when you use it as like an exploration for yourself, right? Fucking go for it. I just don't want it to come out of my mouth that I'm impeding someone's sex life because I said go watch porn. I did not say go watch porn or replace of a human being. But you know, it, there are different circumstances where it's okay. So I'm on the fence, guys. You know, it goes both ways. I don't really. It's not a big deal. Vibrators, awesome. Go for it. Pick the one that you like, right? And there's different ones too. Like there's like the different kinds of vibrators nowadays blows my mind. Like when I was looking for mine, I was like, okay, 
So what is it that you like? What is it that you like the most? Right? And then those are questions too that you have to know for yourself. Like you have to know when you pleasure yourself or even during sex. What do you like? So ask those questions, find your vibrator and have fucking fun. Go for it. I love it. Um, and then tell me what you guys use because I'm always for finding a new toy. I love new toys. Be it vibrators, technology, phones, laptops. Give it all to me. <laughs> Um, one of the other questions I got was, uh, <laughs> there's always going to be an awkward pause. This is going to be a longer episode because I had a lot of questions. Um, one of the other questions I got was, how do I feel about like BDSM and like <laughs> dominatrixes and stuff like that? So what's funny is that I was watching an X-rated, um, episode and one of the guests or participants was uh dominatrix and she surprisingly enough to me was oh like she had a degree in i think social work or psychology or something something super cool and then i was like what and that's just my bias right that's my like really awful bias that dominatrixes and like people who like bdsm are not educated i don't i I mean not not educated i just didn't i was very it was bad i didn't like feeling surprised that she had a degree in something cool um because i knew then that i saw them in a very different light than like someone like me who went to university and like I'm not a dominatrix or someone who's into, or someone, I mean, maybe it might be, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But like in that moment, I was like, I don't like that. I was like, whoa, you have a degree. That's cool. Um, so how do I feel about it? I say go for it safely, right? I've been watching way too many true crime shows where, um, BDSM sometimes turns into like something really scary, right? You, can either be the submissive or the dominant one. And sometimes being the submissive means that the person who's dominating you tells you to do things you don't want to do. And then it becomes like the Stockholm syndrome. And then you get murdered. Like (laughs) it's not the case 99% of the time, I'm sure. I'm not saying anything bad about BDSM or, um, there's an actual term for this, right? Like Like being a dominatrix. I mean, I'm sure if you're a dude, are you still a dominatrix? educate me guys tell me what this is um so yeah no i say if you're into it do it safely you know even though your preference might be to completely hurt each other safely you know there's i think their number one rule is always consent so always give consent always ask for consent it goes i mean anything that involves sex really you know what i mean um which is an interesting tangent into uh one of, I got this question and I thought it was cool and weird and uncomfortable at the same time because I know that this listener actually has listened to my, my podcast before because they asked me a question, um, this trigger warning now because it's going to involve a question that I felt uncomfortable about, um, So if you want to stop listening, please make sure your mental health comes before anything I talk about. Um, But the question came up because they said that I've mentioned 
true crime in like multiple podcasts before and they've been watching it too and then because sex came up they wanted to ask about how i felt about or my, what my opinion was on rape and the whole like side that she was asking for or that it goes both ways or whatever um rape is non-consensual that's what it is um i do not ever will i ever give a flying fuck if the girl was wearing something that made her feel sexy or she was wearing something that what is that or she was wearing if there's something in the background that you can hear i'm sorry because i don't know what it is but it's coming from upstairs so either she was wearing something sexy that made her feel sexy or she was wearing something sexy because she wanted to have the other person find her attractive, right? Rape goes with guys too, you know? Like, it, that's my argument here, is that guys can be wearing the ugliest fucking clothes, like they can wear a bodysuit and get raped, or they can wear those awful velour sweatpants suits and get raped, right? So what is the excuse here where she was asking for it because she's wearing something that someone else found sexually attractive. That makes no fucking sense to me. Um, and the fact that it goes both ways. Okay, so I was watching this TV show one time. Let me get into it a little bit, guys. I was watching this TV show and this episode is getting a little long because I talked about like three questions. And in that, t I think it was Big Little Lies. If you guys haven't seen that show, watch it because it's addicting. Um, there was an episode where one of the characters had a flashback of her getting raped because she um, had met this guy at the bar and then they had like this escapade or whatever down the beach and then he led her to the hotel room. My immediate reaction is that I hope she doesn't get raped. And... I did not think for one moment that she asked for it because she came to the hotel room with him. She wants to go to the hotel room with him and not have sex. That's allowed. And she can say no, you fucking idiots who think this way. Um, or she can go to the hotel room and have sex by giving consent. That's There's only two options here. She either says no and she goes to the hotel room and they do anything else or they have sex because she said yes. And I remember watching this episode, okay? And I remember a conversation where it came up as, well, she was asking for it. Why would she go to the hotel room? I don't know. Maybe she changed her mind midway, right? Maybe she didn't want to have sex. Maybe she did. And then she thought when she got into the hotel room, well, whoa, whoa, it's too much, all right? She can say no, and she can get up and walk away. That is her every fucking right to get up and walk away. And then this conversation, the conversation, I, I could not, I don't even know. Wow, <laughs> I didn't even have a conversation. I couldn't have it, I couldn't have it. I could not believe what I just heard when I heard that she was asking for it because she came into the, into the room. And now I have my personal 
I have a personal story that I'm sharing with everyone because this is something that I wasn't raped, thank God. Thank God, because he was a gentleman. But in some instances, this might not be a thing, right? Some girls might be unlucky enough to have the same asshole who had the conversation I had and thought that, no, she was asking for it. So she should have gotten raped because she was asking for it because she went to the hotel room even though she said no. No, you fucking idiot. That's not how it works. So anyways, personal story. I uh, was trying out Hinge for a little while when I got back to Toronto and then I met a really sweet guy um, and he volunteered to come over during Thanksgiving after his own like family thing to cook me Thanksgiving dinner. So he came over and then we had a really nice dinner and then he decided to stay over, right? He asked me, oh my God, everybody in this entire world, I was asked if I was feeling the moment and I said no. It wasn't hard for me to say no. I didn't think, oh, well, he just made me dinner. Oh, well, he, you know, he invited himself over. Oh, well, he asked if he could stay over. So I'm like obligated. No, I just said no. I wasn't feeling it. I said, no, we've just been on like two dates. I don't, you know, I wasn't sexually attracted to him at the time. Um, and I didn't want to have sex. So I said no. And oh i've only had one i've only had one conversation about this date and it blows my mind that it blows their mind that i didn't have sex why because he came over and made me dinner now fellas i i know the women's opinion on this but i mean if you disagree with me ladies please let me know because we can have a cordial conversation about this but the men the men who listen to my podcast please 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 confirm that i am in the fucking right here when i said no you made me dinner i don't give a fuck if you made me dinner i don't want to have sex and you have to respect that so this is how i'm ending my podcast here because i know if i answer more questions i'm gonna get into like this hour-long tirade of sexual questions. I will answer more. I know I only answered like three of them because I feel very passionate about the questions that you guys have been asking. Thank you for asking them. And I want to be as honest as you guys have been expecting me to be honest about. So, I need to go. I love you guys. I'm grateful for you every single time you listen to my podcast. Um, Stay gentle to yourselves and everyone else. Okay, bye.